the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for a uh, rainy edition Thursday here on The Ride Home. Good to see you and happy to be here. we got a big show for you today. Uh, five o'clock hour, Tim and Kathy Keller will join us. And uh, Kath, uh, how are things in the spare room today? Well, things in the spare room are, are as they ever are. Yeah. Do you, um, I, I was doing this a little earlier today. Do you dust in the spare room? I thank you for asking. Yeah. I, John, I don't want because- to call you out. Because just last evening, um, I took I had I had a, a Zoom meeting for an, for another uh, organization yeah. last night at seven p.m. Mm-hmm. And so after you and Mike and I were done, which was what like six twenty or something, yeah, I spent forty minutes cleaning up, tidying up. Yeah, I it's, did. It's important you do that. Yeah, I filed some things. I made you know put some books where they're supposed to be. Right. Recycled some paper. Got my printer. I just I feel better about things today in here. Than yesterday. Yes. The broadcast empire of the spare room <laughs> for the ride home with John and Kathy. Well, you know, as we always do, we get uh, the show underway here at the four o'clock hour. And Kathy, you compile the news stories throughout the day. So I uh, want you please uh, give us the top four, the top four at four. Certainly I will for Thursday, March 11th, 2021. Number one, 10 years ago today, Japan was hit by an enormous earthquake that triggered a 23-foot tsunami in the country's north, about 230 miles from Tokyo. Three reactors of the Fukushima Daiichi nuclear power plant. I'm not sure if I pronounced the Daiichi part right. Anyway, um, three reactors melted down, and a decade later, the most challenging part of the cleanup, removing molten nuclear fuel from each reactor, has yet to begin. The Wall Street Journal did an in-depth piece today on Fukushima, the worst nuclear disaster since Chernobyl in 1986. Thousands of people still remain forced out of towns closest to the plant. Other cleanup issues haven't even started to be addressed, such as when to dismantle the reactors and where to put the radioactive fuel once it is recovered. An initial experimental phase for clearing up and removing all the molten nuclear fuel on each reactor floor is targeted to begin, John, in 2022 which is two years behind schedule. A robot arm to be used in the process is still under development in the UK, but work to create it was delayed by a year because of COVID. Quote, if you look at the entire process, right now we are still around the starting point of decommissioning, an official said today. Oh my goodness. Wow. Number two, a judge in the trial of former Minneapolis police officer Derek Chauvin has granted prosecutors' request to add a third-degree murder charge, giving the jury more options as it considers Chauvin's culpability in the death of George Floyd. USA Today reports that Chauvin is also charged with second-degree murder and manslaughter in the death of Floyd in May. 
Jury selection continued Thursday following debate on the new charge. Potential jurors were being questioned about their knowledge of the case and the protests over Floyd's death and asked whether they can set aside any existing opinions to serve impartially. Thus far, six jurors have been chosen, five men and one woman. Number three. Pittsburgh public safety officials are urging caution in the weekend for St. Patrick's Day parties, John, as warm weather moves into the area and the COVID-19 vaccines offer hope that a sense of normalcy might be on the horizon, says today's trib. Quote, now's not the time to let down our guard, says public safety director Wendell Hisrich. COVID-19 has forced us down a long and unwanted path, but this journey will near its end only and if only we maintain our discipline in fighting the virus. So keep to yourself. Number four, Conneaut Lake Park has a new owner, but says his vision to revitalize the historic amusement park is going to take time. Quote, the way we're imagining this is as a family event center, said Todd Joseph of Keldon Holdings to the Trib. Last week, Keldon Holdings purchased the park that was in bankruptcy for 1.2 mil. To make it a premier site means amusement rides, music, and events plus time, he says. For now, though, things are gearing up on two fronts to clear up blighted areas of the park's ground and get some parts of the park open sometime in May. Hotel Conia, by the way, is still in operation. And that's it for your top four at four. Very nice. Well, that's good news about Conia Park. Isn't it? Have you, have you been there? Have you spent any time there? You know what? I spent time there when I was in college mm-hmm. um, because I have some friends that live up there. But I have not spent any time since, and I bet it's been, I mean, how long has it been closed? I bet it's been closed since 95. What? Really? 95? I don't know how long it's been closed either. Now, I remember staying at the hotel. Have you ever stayed there? No. Yeah. Was it fun or scary? Oh, no, it was a lot of fun. It was a blast. You know, it was a very old style hotel. I mean, you weren't looking, going there for the amenities of, you know, the sauna and the flat screen TVs. Right. Probably the AC isn't in good working condition. It was something like out of the 1930s. It felt like, you know, sort of like, you know, paper moon kind of thing. But it was a lot of fun. I mean, that was way back, probably like 90, maybe 91. uh, Wow. For the last time. And the park itself. I'm sure those, you know, who live in that area look at it as we look at Kennywood Park. It's nostalgic and it's part of people's family lore. How many, you know, sure, school picnics and weddings and whatnot were at uh, Idlewild Park and I'm sorry, at Coney Out Park. Coney Out Lake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so good. I, I hope it comes back and you know, the, the people who bought it have deep pockets and bring it back to its full luster. That's good news. I grew up on uh, Chautauqua Lake in New York, as you know, John, yeah. and there are two hotels up there that are circa 1890 Whoa. that are still in operation. They're a hundred percent wood. That's good. There's not air conditioning in most <laughs> of the rooms. You know, a lot of the rooms have the bathroom at the end of the hall. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like a whole different thing. Now, but see, I'm just, surprised by that because it's so great. Think, they still exist because at one point, right. I mean, Chautauqua is not now what it once was. Right. Only to say that it's become a little high end. Right. And and before it used to be sort of more general public feel, right? Sure, sure, sure. And I mean, no one knows what anything's going to be like after COVID. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think we all have to kind of see how like neighborhoods and, and areas, you know, change and develop. Right. But it is just really a wonderful thing that there are people who are that invested to old into old buildings that they're going to do. I mean, imagine the upkeep, the paint, sure, the everything man. on those places. Tell me I mean, if you, if you want to look up just a fabulous old hotel, look up the Athenaeum. It's on the grounds of the Chautauqua Institution. I mean, you look at it, you're going to lose your mind. Really? Okay. So then pre post COVID, you might not want to have air conditioning installed. 
right? Better Which is why, John, you and I and our life choices are going to come to be mainstream, perhaps even lauded. Now, wait a second. Now, I, we went through this last year. I did install an air conditioner, a room air conditioner in this room. It's Please, Kath, would you, I don't know what you're, you know, what's going to happen here in the future, but get an air conditioner for that room. Would you please? I, I mean, I, John, I feel like I've got this like track record going of being, you know, open air. And so I, I don't know if I want to go back on that at this I point. Mean, I don't want to call you out on air, but there was some moments in the ride home, the spare room edition where, you know, you were sweating so profusely. That's true. I, I really, it just was not an attractive. It did happen. It was, it, it was unseemly. You're saying? A little, a little. Okay. I don't want to call you out, but that's it is what it is. All right, uh, let's take a quick break. Come back and reset. Keith Condrich is going to join us, and we're going to talk about men and women who have spent time in prisons, whether it's the Allegheny County Jail or state penitentiary, federal penitentiaries. What does it look like as men and women come out and rejoin society? Project Hope with Keith Condrich next. 101.5 WORD. Your station for leading the way with Dr. Michael Youssef. There can be no freedom from sin and guilt apart from Jesus, who is the truth. There can be no freedom from fear and anxiety and worry apart from Jesus, who is the truth. There can be no freedom from hatred and bitterness and anger apart from Jesus, who is the truth. Make sure to tune in this week to Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. Are you an Allegheny County senior feeling lonely or isolated due to the pandemic? The Allegheny County Senior Companion Program can help. Senior companions are volunteers 55 and over who will call you once or twice a week to check on you and see how you're doing. Those with computers or devices such as smartphones can do video chatting if desired. There is no cost to you for this service, and applying is easy. Please call 412-350-4061 to apply today. Let's call it the couch cushion dash. This is the moment when you need a tip for the pizza man, a few bucks for your kid's lunch, or you can't say no to the sweet 8-year-old and her thin mints. But you've got no cash and no other options but to tear apart the house, searching for hidden money. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And it's funny how we can usually find a way to scrounge together a few bucks hidden around our house. Shame on you if it's from your kids' piggy banks. For many Word FM listeners, though, there's enough money sitting inside your home to buy a swimming pool full of thin mints. Home values have gone up across the country the last few years, leaving many of us with a good chunk of equity tucked inside our homes that we could cash out to use for life. If you'd like us to help, we our United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you'd have to pay before closing. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. We're all thinking a lot about school these days. Like, will the kids ever go back? Or why can't they have enough work to last the whole day? Or if it's all online, what are the teachers really doing? Now's a perfect time to consider a Christian education with a school who will be a true educational partner for you and your family. Many are offering half-price tuitions for first-time enrollees. 
like Trinity Christian School in Forest Hills. Find a school that's right for you at wordfm.com slash tuitions. Shalom. Messianic Jewish congregations in Pittsburgh are inviting you to join our celebration of God's new year. Exodus 12 says the month of Passover is the beginning of God's prophetic year. Join us for a night of Messianic Jewish worship and liturgy on Saturday, March 13th at 6 p.m. at Sharesh David Messianic Congregation in Monroeville. Jewish or Gentile, you don't want to miss this special appointment on God's calendar. More information at Rock of Ages MJC.org. That's Rock of Ages, MJC.org. Men and women have served their time, whether here locally in the Allegheny County Jail, state prisons, whatnot, and then they circle back into the community again. They're ready to join society. What does that look like? How does that work? And what help is available for those men and women? Well, Keith Condrich is back with us. Keith is an ordained permanent deacon for the Catholic Diocese of Pittsburgh. He provides sacramental and pastoral ministry to local churches in Braddock Hills, Forest Hills, Rankin, Swissfell, and Braddock, assigned at the Allegheny County Jail as a chaplain for incarcerated persons, and he works full-time as the director of aftercare at the Foundation of Hope, which is a local-based nonprofit help, helping men and women successfully reenter their communities and reconnect with families after being incarcerated. And uh, Keith, welcome to the show. This is a really timely topic. How are you today? Great. Thanks for having me, John and Kathy. It's good to hear yeah. from you. Yeah, it's good to hear from you, Keith. Um, Keith, I think if you asked, you know, um, most reasonable, um, good-hearted people in America, they would say that they want the prison system to work. Um, they want uh, perpetrators to be punished, but they also want rehabilitation to be a possibility and for people to be reestablished in society. Um, but then that's kind of where it stops. And none of us know how that should happen. We just kind of magically want it to. Um, so, Keith, from your perspective, what do like regular people who don't work in pr- prison ministry need to know about the process? Yeah, thanks. That, that's a really good question because, you know, most all of us, uh, have a family member, a friend, a colleague, someone that we know that has been incarcerated. And it might have been for something very serious. It might have been because of addiction issues. It might have been because they made a stupid choice that, you know, any one of us could have made it at a weak moment in our life. So, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an issue that touches everybody in our society, right? And so once people have, you know, been convicted and, and done their time and, uh, you know, as we say, you know, paid their debt, so to speak, um, you know, the majority of those individuals are going to be coming back into our community. And how we welcome those individuals, how we support those individuals is going to make a difference as to whether or not they return to jail. Yeah. And um, so jail or prison, right? So right now, the recidivism rate, the rate in which people return to jail or prison is about 60 percent, 60 percent of individuals wow. that are released from jail or prison will return within a year. Um, oh and that's staggering. I mean, my, my uh, director, wow. my executive director, Joey Rayford, and I were talking this morning. That number hasn't even hasn't changed in over 20 years. I mean, so there, we, as a society, we haven't moved the bar on that. Um, here at Foundation of Hope, though, because of the, the programming that we do and the, the, the innovative strategies that we take action on, um, we're able to cut that to about 35 to 40 percent, so almost in half. And how do we do that? We do that through a relational model that supports individuals and welcomes individuals, doesn't look at them as 
you know, um, a problem to be fixed, but rather an individual to be welcomed back into the community. And, and of course, you know, there's, there's various stages to that, right? So there's basic needs. When, when someone comes out of jail, imagine, you know, when you went into jail, maybe you went into jail in the summer and you leave in the winter and you're, you're coming out with the clothes on your back that you had shorts and, and flops on in the, in the summer. And you're coming out into the winter with, with no boots, no clothing, no shoes, you know, and where do you turn for help? You know, you come out of jail or prison, you don't have a, an updated ID. How do you get employment? How do you get housing? And, you know, we're here to help people navigate that system, to help people obtain the support they need, whether it's an ID, whether it's clothing, whether it's housing, whatever that might be, so that they can get back into the community successfully and not return to jail or prison. And so, I see. No, so again, Keith, so then is it fair to say, Keith, sorry, is it fair to say then that relationship begins while people are incarcerated? I mean, not as though they step out into freedom, but, you know, you, the chaplain, you're developing relationships with people while they're in jail. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's a big part of it. And we have a we have a mentoring program and we have, um, you know, a, a great cadre of volunteer teachers and instructors that are on the whole pod in the jail and through the chaplaincy program. You know, chaplains of all various faith traditions and denominations um, to help set the stage for that. But you know, this past weekend we were, we were doing a focus group with some of our participants, and one of the gentlemen said something very um, instructive. He said, "You know, everybody from a from a church-based perspective, everybody wants to go into the jail, right? Well, there's there's 200 people. Every, everybody wants to go in and preach in the jail. But when men and women come out of jail, nobody's around, right? <laughs> so you know." It, there's, there's a groundwork we have to lay inside the institutions, but when men and women come out, where do they turn? You know, do our churches welcome people? Or is it, no, go down the street to the next church. You know, we, you know, we, we don't want you here, or we're not set up to, to welcome you here. So it's important that agencies, again, there's, there's some really, really great empirical studies. You'd think that perhaps employment was the, the number one factor in keeping men and women from returning to jail. And while that is a factor, um, if you look at different studies that have been done most recently, uh, one that the University of Pittsburgh is doing with us here at Foundation of Hope, um, the number one factor is relationships. Do I have sustaining, nurturing relationships with people that I can relate to and that, that treat me with dignity, with respect, and that, that in essence, give me hope that, that there is a brighter future? Sure. Mm-hmm. Keith Condrich is with us. He works as a chaplain for incarcerated persons and works full-time as the director of aftercare at the Foundation of Hope. Um, Keith, what about um, the average person? I, you know, I, I kind of started out asking a question from an average person's perspective, and so I'm going to come back to that. Um, if relationships are important, how can that develop? I mean, what does that mean for, you know, Joe Q. Public? Sure. That's a great question. Because, and again, you know, we all have lives. We, we're busy. We have our families. We have our jobs. We have, you know, our, our, our various commitments to the community and our churches. And so um, we have to be intentional about how do we welcome, as an average person, how do I welcome someone that's been incarcerated? Um, first and foremost, that starts internally with prayer, right? We, we want to spend some time in prayer, um, spiritually preparing ourselves. Uh, opening our hearts to people to say, Lord, help me to understand, help me to open my heart. Secondly, <clears throat> there's ways to get involved as a volunteer, you know, through organizations like Foundation of Hope. But ask yourself, you know, all of our listeners should say, what, what is my congregation? What am I doing? What is my community doing? 
to welcome people that have been incarcerated? How, how can we do that? If you're an employer, um, are you open to hiring men and women that, that have a record? If you're a landlord, are you open to housing individuals and, and giving people a second chance? From a purely Christian perspective, the Christian story is about redemption and, and mercy, right? And so if we as Christians aren't providing opportunities for redemption, um, then, you know, we're missing the message somehow. Um, right. you know, I mean, like, so I Keith, really... though, the big thing here, but the, I think for a lot of people, you know, right, I, I need to address this in a way, is that, you know, someone's coming out of prison and you think, I don't know who this person is. There's going to be a lot of fear and anxiety for, you know, for whether it's, J, you know, John Q. Public or churches, right? Sure. I mean, it's a big sure. unknown. And so there's a lot of anxiety and fear wrapped around that. Absolutely. And, and I, I, I wouldn't discount that. But at the same time, you know, the most prevalent word that uh, phrase in the Bible is don't be afraid, right? Now, that's yeah. very, <laughs> I don't want to sound na- naive and, you know, Rebecca sure. Sunny Farm, but as people of faith, um, you know, we need to, you know, and, and again, when we train volunteers, we're, we're very, very intentional about boundaries and about, you know, safety and precautions and protection. Um, and but as as you develop a relationship th- through organizations like Hope with individuals, you start to learn. You know, the majority of people that have been incarcerated aren't Ted Bundy. They're not serial killers. They're family members. You know, people like my son, your son, my niece, my nephew. You know, uh, my my parent, what, whoever it might be, my coworker. They're people just like us, for the most part, that have made made a mistake. And or, again, a large portion of the people that are incarcerated are dealing with mental health or addiction you know, issues that um, jail might not be the best place to resolve those those problems. And so how do we okay, connect sure. and do that? But, you know, I think we need to really break down the stereotype that, um, you know, everybody coming out of jail or prison is a serial killer. Yeah, no, I get that. Keith Condrich is with us. He's director of aftercare at the Foundation of Hope. It's a local faith-based nonprofit helping men men and women successfully reenter society. So let's talk about the faith-based perspective, Keith. I mean, uh, clearly, you're talking about Jesus. You're talking about being the hands and feet, the help, uh, not being fearful, as you just said. How does that work? What does that look like? You know, what's Foundation of Hope doing that's different than a secular perspective? Yeah, so it's important to note, you know, that our faith, as a faith-based organization, motivates the work that we do, but we, we're not here to proselytize, right? We're, we're here to, to, to take people yeah. where they are and to walk with them and to journey with them, just as Jesus did, right? To walk, walk with people, to help people yes. navigate the system, right? So, you know, if you look at the, the programs across our spectrum, inside the county jail is our chaplaincy program. So there's, that's where spiritual needs are being met, right? So if you're Christian, Muslim, Jew, Hindu, Buddhist, whatever faith tradition you have, we have chaplains there that are helping people uh, build and strengthen their relationship with their God. Um, we have a, 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 a hope pod in the jail. Again, it's an instructional pod that people opt into uh, that are learning, taking three, four classes a day um, pre-COVID. <laughs> We're kind of dealing with COVID now. But, um, you know, on everything from anger management to parenting skills to budgeting skills. So, again, when they come out, they have, they have hard skills that they can utilize. Um, when you come to aftercare here on the north side is, is where we're based, but, you know, we're here to help people set realistic goals 
and then navigate and find ways of reaching those goals. Okay. Some, some people's goals, employment, some people's goals are connect, reconnecting with family. Um, many people's goal is to reconcile with someone that they've hurt or, you know, been alienated or estranged from Maybe it's a family member or a friend or, or something like that. So, um, and again, um, the other component that we have that's, that's really important to note is our diversion program. We have an adult diversion and a youth diversion program, uh, youth for younger people, basically 18 and under, adult for, for adults. It's self-explanatory. But the idea is, can we divert people from even going to jail in the first place? So if it's a first-time crime that's perhaps nonviolent and uh, in partnership with the Pittsburgh police that, that have been great partners to us in this effort, um, can we divert people from going to jail if they participate in a program? It might involve communities. That's Keith Condrich. Sorry, Keith, I think we lost you there at the end. He's the director of aftercare at the Foundation of Hope. Thanks for being here today, Keith. Always good to hear from you. We'll be right back. It's Thursday edition of The Ride Home. My name is Ryan Bourne. And I'm Danica Bourne. And And we're we're the the owners owners of South Coast Coast Tax. We would like to thank our Lord for protecting us from evil. Psalm 91 states, He is my refuge and my fortress, for He will rescue us from every trap and protect us from deadly disease. South Coast Tax are Christian-based tax accountants and attorneys who specialize in releasing bank levies, wage garnishments, and filing complex tax returns. We are the leaders in acceptance of offers and compromise with awesome results. We are also a small firm who will treat you like family and not just a number. Call us today at 1-800-TAX-1176 for a free consultation, and we'll take the time to explain all the programs that you qualify for in order to allow you a fresh start. In John 836, so if the sun sets you free, you will be free indeed, and one way we can achieve that is by being debt-free. So let us help you today. Call us at 1-800-TAX-1176, and together we can help achieve this goal by putting the IRS tax debt behind you for good. Again, that number is 1-800-TAX-1176. Shalom. Messianic Jewish congregations in Pittsburgh are inviting you to join our celebration of God's new year. Exodus 12 says the month of Passover is the beginning of God's prophetic year. Join us for a night of Messianic Jewish worship and liturgy on Saturday, March 13th at 6 p.m. at Sharesh David Messianic Congregation in Monroeville. Jewish or Gentile, you don't want to miss this special appointment on God's calendar. More information at rockofagesmjc.org. That's rockofagesmjc.org. Welcome back to Customize and Save with Liberty Mutual Insurance Company, the game show where you only pay for what you need. And we're out of time. Only pay for what you need at LibertyMutual.com. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Most of my family, they never graduated high school, so I'm trying to break that barrier. My daughter, Brooklyn, was also a motivation for me to go back to school. Every day after work, went straight to school, and it paid off. At age 26, Kareem finished his high school diploma. I could not have done it alone. I see the future is really bright for me. No one gets a diploma alone. If you're thinking of finishing your high school diploma, you have help. Find free adult education classes near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by the Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. Trip to Europe. Visit all 30 Major League Baseball stadiums. Go skydiving. Okay, so you know what you want to do in retirement, but do you know how to get there? Tune into Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group Saturdays at 10 a.m. to get answers to your retirement planning questions. Plan today so you can do the things you've always dreamt about doing in retirement. 
Listen every Saturday morning at 10 to Your Retirement Blueprint with Accurate Solutions Group. Investment advisory services offered through ASG Investment Management, LLC. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at Radio.com. Tonight will be breezy with occasional rain. Expect a low tonight of 42. Tomorrow, clouds breaking for some sunshine. It will be mild, breezy in the afternoon, the high 59. Tomorrow night, patchy clouds with a low of 22. Saturday, sunshine and a few clouds. Saturday will reach a high of 47. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The world is filled with these really amazing people who have changed our lives, and we often don't know their names. Well, uh, we want to mark the passing of a man, Lou Audens. Lou Audens passed away uh, early March at the age of 93, but mm. way back in the 1960s, early 1960s, like 1961, 62, he was at home fiddling with a reel-to-reel tape recorder. He wanted to listen to some music. Now, if you've ever worked with a real, real tape recorder, you know, they are very, very particular. And of Mm -hmm. course, once the tape starts to unspool, it gets a a quick mess. It's just everywhere. Right. So this happened to Lou Audens and he he had this big mess of tape in front of him. Now, of course, Lou Audens happened to be an engineer for Philips, which was, um, is a, a big company interested in electronics. So the next day, Lou Audens went to work, and he was, I got an idea. He talked to this team of engineers. I want to make a small tape that essentially is reel-to-reel, but is enclosed, enclosed in plastic so that everybody can use it. And, of course, that's what happened. The, the cassette player, it was called the Compact Cassette Player, was unveiled in 1965, it was a, a co-production between Sony and Philips Electronics. And uh, uh, here's what I have right now. This, this is what, what I'm holding, a compact cassette. Now, of course, I think everyone's familiar with this, right? This is a, a compact cassette that I had in 1968. This is f- famous for me, I mean, because I love this so much. And this is my compact cassette from the 1980s. This holds family memories as a kid as like a, a 10 11 year old kid i would walk around with a little cassette recorder and interview family members birthday parties and whatnot it's on here and then this is my answering machine cassette tape and wow. on it are the hopes and dreams of an aspiring actor waiting to hear from his agent or about casting calls and i've kept this over the years there's more more crashing dreams that are dashed on this tape than probably anybody should uh, have a right and to these see. Are, and these are my two pencils that I have in my hand that are that helped me to figure out how to wind them and fix them right. and everything that I you did. It through. I think I spent hours of my life doing that. Right. Now, of course, everyone's worried now. So Remember, you know, everyone's worried about copyright infringement. Remember the glory days of mixtapes. Oh, my gosh. I mean, mixtapes. Listen, when, when, I, when I got my first unit where that was possible, I think I might have been in seventh grade. Yeah. 
Listen, I thought that there was the, the technology was was limitless oh, to me. Oh man. Because it was an imprint of your skill set oh, and your gosh. taste that you could make for yourself and then copy them and pass them along to friends. Mike. I mean, I, John. Yeah. Both of you. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I got excited. Did either of you make or receive a mixtape from a girlfriend? Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Tapes, you know, music of yeah. longing. Yes. Right. Oh, wait, that. Try to think of, can you think of one song from a mixtape that you received from a girlfriend? <laughs> yep. Oh, boy. Mike, I want to know what it is. I'll tell you what mine is while you're thinking. Okay. Because I remember the mixtape I got. Um, mine included, you're the meaning in my life. You're the inspiration. <laughs> you bring healing to my life. Really? You're the inspiration. Huh. Mm-hmm. I want to have you near me. Joni, want me to go on with the lyrics? I guess I should stop. Mike, can you come up with the song? Uh, mine was, uh, I'll give you a hint. Ready for this? Yep. No. Never going to give you up. Never, never going to let, you, let down. you down. <laughs> never going to run around. <laughs> what year? What? You were no. rickrolled I was in a romantic rolled. relationship. I was rickrolled in a relationship. I sure was. Wow. Now, Mike, you must have been at the very tail end of mixtapes, right? I mean, yeah. you're a lot younger than, than Kath and I, so... By the time it came around, it had to be, this had to be, you know. 1998, I'd say. 98. I mean, when did, I mean, cassettes really were out the door. I mean, once the CDs happened, right? CDs, that changed right, everything. Right. Okay, John, what about you? Song from a mixtape yeah, from Yeah, I remember very clearly. Uh, Joe Jackson. It wasn't like a romantic song. Joe Jackson, uh, Stepping Out. We are stepping oh, out. Oh, that's a good song. You know, that was like a New York City song. Let's go. You know, that's like a lot. That's a better song, Mike, than your song. Or yeah, my absolutely. Song. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's better than now, I had a friend who every New Year's Day, every New Year's Day, my friend Jed would give me um, a mixtape, sometimes two, 90 minutes in length of his best songs of the year. So, really? Oh, man. I mean, I have those. I bet you I have 15 years of those somewhere in a drawer. And just this eclectic mix, he'd go, and he would write them on the, remember the little liner thing? Yes, of course. Plastic, and those cheap plastic cases that always broke. I hated those cases. Yeah. I hated cassettes. And how about the heartbreak whenever the cassette would whenever, break? Whenever that thing broke. Oh my go, gosh. You get tangled. Yeah. The tape is dead. You can, how do you, you can't take these things apart. No. Right? Put them back And where together. am I ever going to hear such a collection no. of yeah. devotional songs aimed at me? Anyway, thanks to Lou Audens, passed away this past month at the age of 93, the credited inventor of the compact cassette tape. We'll take a quick break. Come back. Beth Moore, this is a story that needs to be told. Stick around for that. W-O-R-D. If I said that by Friday you could be praying with a boldness you never thought possible, expecting God to answer your prayers like never before, would you take the next step? Would you ask, what do I do? Breathe powerful new life into your prayers. Don't miss John MacArthur's series, Don't Be Afraid to Ask, on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Maybe you've heard about MediShare and you know what it is. It's the affordable alternative to health insurance. But you've wondered, can I really save a significant amount of money on my monthly health care bills? And the answer is an emphatic, yes, you can. You can save a lot of money. Whether it's just for you or for an entire family, MediShare has an option for you. In fact, 
The typical family saves $500 a month switching to MediShare. And it really is the gold standard when it comes to healthcare sharing. You get free telehealth services. You get a huge network of doctors. You get great customer support. And you get the sense of security that comes from being a part of 400,000 people who share not just each other's medical bills, but purpose, too. MediShare is a community of Christians who pull together and pray for each other, which is very refreshing right now. If you want more info, it's so simple. You can get a price within two minutes. Call 844-57-BIBLE. That's 844-57-BIBLE. 844-57-BIBLE. The Pittsburgh Airport Area Chamber of Commerce is ready to help you with the 100% free-to-use Clever RX app. Access prescription drug savings on thousands of FDA-approved medications at pharmacies nationwide and beat your copay over 80% of the time. Visit the Pittsburgh Airport Area Chamber now to learn more at paacc.com slash cost dash saving and never overpay for a prescription drug again. That's paacc.com slash cost dash saving. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning, think deeply, and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation. Robinson Township Christian School, now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org. Don't let pests scare away your business. Get the help you need at BoozeBugStoppers.com. When cold drives pests and rodents inside, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team has your business covered. Get a free quote on your pest control and sanitation plan for the upcoming year with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Just the other day, shockwaves went through the evangelical world as Beth Moore announced that she is leaving the Southern Baptist Convention. Here to talk to us about that is Kate Shellnut. Kate is the senior news editor for Christianity Today. She wrote a really interesting article, Beth Moore Inspired Legions of Southern Baptist Women. They don't blame her for leaving. Kate, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Yeah, so Kate, um, hasn't hasn't Beth Moore come to uh, occupy a unique unique place, um, especially in the um, in the Donald Trump era, in the post in the COVID, in the I'm, I'm assuming the post COVID era, um, she definitely has taken on a level of importance in uh, cultural engagement that perhaps she was kind of I don't know if I, I want to say working toward for the couple decades previous. So I I kind of saw a difference. In the Trump era, where we used to talk about, it felt like Beth Moore got spicy, where yeah. she almost had a, a stereotypical persona, right, of being a very, um, very astute, very faithful, very strong teacher. But also, she's a Texan woman. She was polite. She was Southern. And she towed the line for Southern Baptists and kind of fell in her place because um, that's what it took being such an exceptional woman. Um, she's in a lot of spaces as a teacher and a speaker where she would be the only woman. And so for a long time, she kind of towed the line. Um, something clicked in her. It feels like watching from the outside where she felt like, actually, I can't do this anymore. And I, I have a real conviction from God about 
calling out some things that I see as wrong. And the more and more she did that, there were some people who said it wasn't appropriate and that it was divisive. But there were a lot of people both um, who are still Southern Baptists and some people in the broader evangelical world who admired um, her willingness to say it like it was because they felt like maybe their own leaders weren't being as outspoken or weren't representing that viewpoint um, of seeing something wrong and being willing to talk about it, be it sexism, racism, or kind of the politicking in church. I see. So, so then, Kate, there wasn't essentially the straw that broke the camel's back. There was just, you know, one thing after another, one slight after another, one indignity after another, where she finally just said, no mas, I'm done. I'm going to walk away. Yeah. I think so. From from what we've seen um, her say in, in the story that was first reported by the Religion News Service, and then just we've seen her voice frustration um, this whole time since 2016. And the reason it's um, easy to get your head around is because a lot of people feel the same way, uh, that I think that a lot of Southern Baptists in particular are, are swimming in these same issues that um, are getting more and more heated, um, especially mm-hmm. during the pandemic when uh, a lot of conversation is happening online. There's not as much of the kinds of conferences and gatherings where people maybe from different wings of the Southern Baptist Convention would be coming together to get on common ground. It feels like there's a greater sense of division of wanting to take down another side, of of choosing sides on issues that technically I think the the convention would see as secondary issues um, and not the the core of the gospel. So I don't think her her faith has changed. And like you said, she's going to remain Baptist, but just in terms of the um, the fighting that's happening at the denomination level, even the president of the SBC, J.D. Greer, said, this is a distraction. The more time we spend talking about this, the less time we're doing the actual work of mission and ministry. Okay. Kate Shelnitz with us, Senior News Editor Christianity Today. We're talking about Beth Moore's announced exit from the Southern Baptist Convention. Um, I like J.D. Greer, um, uh, Kate, but I think he's wrong on this. I think that... Um, you know, and I think it was Russell Moore uh, who, if you're wondering if he and Beth are related, they're not. But I think it was him, maybe perhaps in the last year or so, he said a Southern Baptist convention that doesn't have room for Beth Moore isn't probably going to be any good for the rest of us either. Um, so I think that there's something that is foundational that her exit has signaled. And that's what the SBC has been fighting um, and dialoguing over for the last couple of years. Can you detail some of those issues for us, Kate? Sure. So. The most recent issue that that has come up um, has kind of lingered maybe since their last convention, which would have been two years ago. Um, It has to do with critical race theory uh, and the alleged place of that in SBC seminaries and institutions where there are some conservative Southern Baptists who feel like the way race is being taught, talked about, regarded, um, relies on critical race theory, which as a secular worldview um, should not be taught uh, as the gospel. And a lot of people then come back and say on the other side, well, it's, you know, this is just one theory we're using and it's being used in submission to the gospel. So there's kind of a back and forth to the point that um, that people feel like they've overly criticized this theory and, and black pastors are leaving. 
uh, that's been won uh, a few prominent black pastors left just before yeah. Christmas, I believe. Um, so that's been one that's there for a while. The other is obviously the abuse um, crisis, where a couple of years ago the Houston Chronicle revealed all these um, all these abuse cases across the Baptist churches, and there's been a lot more talk on abuse. But people have questioned whether any of the methods put in place expelled two churches um, over abuse this year. One last year, they said, is the, is the denomination really doing enough to address it? Um, and at this point, should they be doing more knowing how serious of an issue it is? So that's another concern that, that she's been part of. Mm-hmm. So, Kate, uh, I imagine that there are people who are listening right now who may not be Christians, and they hear this conversation and, and might think, well, so what? So uh, someone, uh, part of a denomination, has left. Uh, what exactly does that mean? I mean, is it just one person with outsized influence? And so what does that mean for Christendom as a whole? I mean, mm-hmm. that's a fair assessment, isn't it? I saw... Um a former colleague of mine, Caitlin Beatty, tweeted a comparison to say, if you don't know who Beth Moore is or Southern Baptist, it's a little bit like uh, Harry and Meghan leaving uh, the, the, royal royal, the royal family. Yeah. Uh, so not, <laughs> not to call Beth Moore royalty, but to say it's not just like she up and decided to leave, that she left because of embedded problems within the denomination, and people are going to pay attention to why, because of how how high in esteem that she was. And so one example is like, um, if Beth Moore, who is maybe the most, the most famous Southern Baptist woman and, and one of the most famous Southern Baptist period, if even she felt like voicing her issues over the years, talking with the people at the top, having the influence she did, couldn't see kind of the change of heart, the change in policy that, that she felt like was needed for for the denomination to stand on biblical convictions and gospel convictions, then how might someone without any of that influence feel sure. at the very bottom who might be an abuse victim themselves, right. who might be uh, someone who's African-American? So it's, a lot of her concerns are a, a high-profile version of what people might be feeling up and down um, Southern Baptist. And it's a matter, from the women who I've talked to in the convention, um, it's a matter of whether they feel called, like, okay, this is my time to stay and try to change things and work for better and be part of the solution, or whether they say, I think God is calling me to ministry and to work somewhere else because it feels like an uphill battle. Yeah. Yeah, Kate, and I think that that's a good point to make, especially because, um, you know, people listening to this conversation who are Christians, um, who are kind of inside the the Christian bubble of conversation, you know, might look at, at, at Beth and say, you know, she's a troublemaker, you know, all she's doing is trying to point out when things are wrong, you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's important to say that there are women, everyday Joe Q public women, who just, you know, are parts of Southern Baptist churches, who have heard what Beth has said, and said, finally, someone who has some platform is saying out loud what I have experienced my whole life since I was married every Sunday, you know, whatever it is. The reason this is resonating is because her story is the same story as many, many, many countless women who are in the denomination. Exactly. And I've even seen that play out quite literally where um, she was speaking at a SBC conference on abuse panel and afterwards, woman after woman spoke to her behind and said, 
here's what I was abused, here's my story, that she was the kind of person who they would want to come to when they got to meet her in person back pre-COVID time, but also that they could relate to when she began being more open, conversational, and personable on Twitter, um, that even as someone who had the exceptional level of a platform that she did, um, that she really represented the views of um, of the Women in Foundation, which makes up um, the biggest Protestant foundation in the country. So even if you're not a part of the SBC, the likelihood is you've got a connection to it somewhere um, if you're a Christian or someone in the evangelical world in particular. I see. Kate Shellnut's with us. She's senior news editor for Christianity Today. So then, Kate, um, can you crystal ball this in any way? I mean, what does this look like moving forward for Beth Moore and for women who love her, follow her, want to be connected to her? So before the announcement came out that she was officially leaving um, or had left the Southern Baptist Convention, she had mentioned on Twitter um, that her upcoming events um, would be done through her own Living Proof Ministries. And she's always run her ministry out of Houston, um, where she goes to church. And I, I, I confessed that before I was a believer and I was a religion reporter in Houston, I thought Beth Moore was just Houston famous. I didn't know that she was national famous, but she'll continue to do that ministry there on a smaller scale. And I think in a way that will feel a lot more freeing to her. Yes, she can, you know, command the attention of a stadium of 7,000 women, but I think she'll be happy to do the level of events and coaching that that they're able to do on on that smaller scale. And even just this year, she's already released um, another Bible study with her daughter. I think it's a study on Galatians. So I think you'll continue to get um, what you've always gotten from her in terms of the teaching, but it'll just be under her own branded name rather than under Lifeway. Um, so if you're a fan of Beth Moore, I don't think she's going away, um, but uh, but it still is going to have a ripple effect, I think, in the SBC to know, um, hey, uh, do some soul searching, think about what caused her to leave. Yeah. Well, Kate, it's always fun and really helpful um, yeah, and Kate, informative you. when you join us. So thanks for being here today. Thank you. Yeah, our pleasure. That's Kate Shelnut. See, when we've had Kate on in the past, we're usually talking about a huge tragedy. I mean, this is sad, but at least it was, you know, an interesting mm-hmm. conversation and it wasn't, you know, crying um, like we were doing the last couple of times. That's Kate Shelnut, excellent reporter, senior news editor, Christianity Today. Hey, are we come back? Hi, my name is Tanya Ettinger, the Pittsburgh wedding planner and your luxury event concierge. Oh, my. Do you have to plan your wedding yet again? You don't know how many guests you're allowed to have at your wedding? Do you have to wear a mask or not? Your venue's not calling you back? It doesn't have to be that way. I am pandemic on-site protocol certified, and I'm the solution to your wedding problems. At Weddings of Pittsburgh, my team and I will make your dreams come true. We attend to your every need so you don't have to lift a finger or worry about anything. Relax, leave the stress behind, and enjoy the adventurous experience that my magic will provide you. Go to WeddingsofPittsburgh.com, fill out the contact form, and enjoy the wedding you've always dreamed of. Tanya Ettinger with Weddings of Pittsburgh. Let's make magic. Hey, I'm Laura Story. 
Alaska will truly take your breath away. If you ever wanted to see grizzlies catching salmon or humpback whales leaping from the water, I hope you will come with me to experience all this and more as we draw closer to the Creator for seven unforgettable days. Call 855-565-5519 or go online at deeperfaithcruise.com. 855-565-5519 or deeperfaithcruise.com. Don't let pests haunt your home this winter. Get the help you need at BoozBugStoppers.com. When bats and rodents move in, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team are ready to serve them an eviction notice. Get a free quote on your pest problem today with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to safely treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Boo's Bug Stoppers at BoozeBugStoppers.com. Shalom. Messianic Jewish congregations in Pittsburgh are inviting you to join our celebration of God's New Year. Exodus 12 says the month of Passover is the beginning of God's prophetic year. Join us for a night of Messianic Jewish worship and liturgy on Saturday, March 13th at 6 p.m. at Sharesh David Messianic Congregation in Monroeville. Jewish or Gentile, you don't want to miss this special appointment on God's calendar. More information at rockofagesmjc.org. That's rockofagesmjc.org. For cancer patients, being a survivor doesn't begin at remission. It begins at diagnosis. Word FM presents Survivor Stories, stories of hope, of faith, and courage in the words of patients and caregivers who are living through cancer together. Share your story at wordfm.com. Survivor Stories, sponsored in part by Young Adult Survivors United and Geneva College. Details at wordfm.com. pandemic a lot of people have discovered this that bringing a dog a dog into a new home can be a very stressful experience oh yeah whether it's your home or the white house so caesar milan who is known as the dog whisperer by fans of his long-running show on national geographic he was not too surprised to hear that joe biden's dog major reportedly nipped an unidentified person at the white house this it was week. a it was a biting incident yes i'm calling it a nipping or caesar milan's calling it a nipping Mm. he says that he is waiting and ready to help and uh you know he says listen i don't necessarily train dogs what i train are humans and how they interact with dogs right he says that in order for a dog to bite the dog feels the need to protect his territory or he feels the need to protect the family or when he's afraid or he doesn't trust he can also bite so this major experience of leaving what he knows and then coming to the white house and surrounded by a bunch of new people, especially, can you imagine that dog was sitting in the oval office, what that dog was experiencing? So uh, look, if anybody can fix a dog's errant behavior, it's Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer. Are you a fan, Kath? I have never seen the dog whisperer. I feel badly about it because I'm sure I would love it because I love dogs so much and I totally support us trying to help major Maybe Major just really missed Delaware. Yeah, Maybe he felt know. he felt uncomfortable inside the Beltway, as many, many before him do. have. Right, and just had the means to an- announce that displeasure. Mm-hmm. Right, he couldn't speak it, and so he thought, you know, if I nip at somebody, I could be out of here. Yeah, you know, I've got this. We've talked about. I've got this really old dog. I've got a dog who's fifteen years old, and you know, as 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 dogs age, of course, like humans, 
my dog's hearing is going, his eyes are going there. He's funny. Anytime now where I get close to him, like close to his mouth, yeah. he automatically bites, you know, like, you know, cause he right. thinks it's a treat. Right. He thinks like a little snack is coming. Uh, and he's not going to break my skin or anything like that. But man, you got to be careful of him. Gus, he's got, you know, anything close by, his mouth goes chomp, chomp, chomp. He's coming at you. He hasn't so, forgotten the important things. No, he has not. All right. Now, now Mike, give us a dog update because uh, you were in search for a dog. Yes. Looking for a very particular dog. How, yes. how is that search going? Yeah. The, the, ser- the search is dead in the water now. Um, dead? No. Yes. Why it is, is that? It is. it is dead in the water. Well, we come to the, the conclusion um, that we're having... Since we're having a baby soon and mm. we're taking care of the baby and taking care of the puppy, that that's is smart. that is yeah. that's a lot. That's a lot on that's our plate. So yeah, that's good. So All we right. decided. Okay, so, you've, again, so so it's not dead in the water. You've just hit pause. Just hit pause. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Maybe yeah. three or four years down the road, perhaps. Yeah. Right. Maybe okay. a couple years. Yeah. Well, yeah. I need a dog in my life. I need yeah, a dog. Of course you do. Yeah. Baby Trump's dog once again, right? The baby Every one? dog listening to this broadcast is like, here oh, we go again. The baby wins again. Hey, we'll take a quick break. Tim and Kathy Keller will join us during the 5 o'clock hour. Don't miss it. We're happy to have them back on the air. Tim Keller, straight ahead, the ride home. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, tune in, and on radio.com, in the car or at home, too, at 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. President Biden signing the $1.9 trillion relief package into law. He says it will help the U.S. defeat the coronavirus and nurse the economy back to health. That signing comes just hours before the president plans to deliver his first primetime address tonight to the American public on the one-year anniversary of the pandemic. Nearly 60 Democratic lawmakers demanding that New York Governor Andrew Cuomo resign in the wake of an allegation that he groped an aide at the executive mansion last year. The New York Assembly is the legislative house that could move to impeach Cuomo. A judge granting prosecutors' request to at a third-degree murder charge against the former Minneapolis police officer charged in George Floyd's death. Stocks higher today, the Dow gained 188 points. The Nasdaq was up 329. This is SRN News. Are you an Allegheny County senior feeling lonely or isolated due to the pandemic? The Allegheny County Senior Companion Program can help. Senior companions are volunteers 55 and over who will call you once or twice a week to check on you and see how you're doing. Those with computers or devices such as smartphones can do video chatting if desired. There is no cost to you for this service, and applying is easy. Please call 412-350-4061 to apply today. In 1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. 
We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Middle Park, Road, Melbourne, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to animalistconsumeraccess.org. Corporate animalist number 1335. Rack animalist number 65233. Equal housing lender. I license in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, or Utah. To serve as a ruling elder is a high and holy office. RPTS now offers five flexible online courses to help you shepherd the Church of God. The Ruling Elders Program features courses on biblical counseling, interpretation, worship, the church, care and administration, plus preaching at elective options that best fit your ministry paradigm. No papers, no exams, just solid biblical teaching from experienced pastor professors. Individual and group rates available. RPTS, study under pastors. Learn more at rpts.edu. Businesses that run like clockwork establish routines they trust. That's why over a million companies rely on CentOS. We'll help you protect employees and customers with essential safety supplies, inspect your fire protection systems and devices, hygienically launder your uniforms, and keep you well-stocked with the leading hand sanitizers and disinfecting wipes. Learn how CentOS can help you open your doors with confidence. Oh, I'm ready! Visit Cintas.com and get ready for the workday. If you can fix the big stuff, you can fix the small stuff. For over 100 years, QDOT has fixed big mechanical systems for the commercial industry, from hospitals and factories to churches and schools. You deserve to be treated fairly when it comes to your home's HVAC system. QDOT can solve any mechanical challenge, big or small. For affordable repairs, replacement, and maintenance, QDOT answers 24-7, 365. And your safety is their top priority. Call 412-366-6200 at q-dot.com. Tonight will be breezy with occasional rain. Expect a low tonight of 42. Tomorrow, clouds breaking for some sunshine. It will be mild, breezy in the afternoon, the high 59. Tomorrow night, patchy clouds with a low of 22. Saturday, sunshine and a few clouds. Saturday will reach a high of 47. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon and welcome. Thanks for coming along for the 5 o'clock hour of The Ride Home. We're excited in a little bit. Uh, Tim and Kathy Keller will join us once again. They've been uh, guests of, of our show here over the past several years. Tim wrote a piece that was featured in The Atlantic this week called Growing My Faith in the Face of Death. And uh, if you know, uh, Tim Keller is um, suffering through or working through, I should say, pancreatic cancer. And he's been very transparent about that journey. So we look forward to that conversation in just a few minutes here. Kath, um, when you are called upon to uh, pray in public, do you, um, do you approach that with some fear and trepidation? Oh, my gosh. Every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as well you should, because it is... Um, it's a responsibility that's not to be taken lightly. You can fall right. into a lot of different uh, foibles ever so quickly. And you reveal a lot about your self, about your, how much you understand about God, how mm-hmm. much you know about the scriptures. I mean, there's like, there's a lot that's revealed when yes. you pray publicly. It's not for the faint of heart. Well, mm-hmm. the chaplain to the United States House of Representatives, uh, she, she chastised lawmakers during a prayer yesterday. During asked, a prayer. During a prayer, asking God to forgive them for failing to unite around pandemic relief uh, legislation. Uh, the no, chaplain, wait, did she stop? She was praying and then she stopped to chastise them? No, no. 
the it was in the middle of the prayer. It was part so, of the prayer, the chastising. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Rear Admiral Margaret Groon Kibben, who is an ordained Presbyterian USA pastor. She assumed the role of the uh, House chaplaincy in January, included the criticism in her prayer as she opened the House session yesterday when lawmakers were prepared to a final vote of uh, Joe Biden's $1.9 trillion relief package. Quote, Almighty God, as these lawmakers take their sides on this factional bill before them, we pray your mercy. Forgive them, <coughs> all of them. For when called upon to respond to a once-in-a-century pandemic that has rocked our country, upended its economy, and widened the chasm of partisan opinion, they have missed the opportunity to step above the fray and unite to attend to this national crisis. (laughs) In failing to address the acrimony and divisions which have prevailed in this room, the servants that you have called to lead this country have contributed to the spread of an even more insidious cognition of bitterness and spite. Wow. I mean, also that, so that all of a sudden it was like the opinion page. Yeah. So I look, and again, here, I don't want to criticize someone's prayer. uh, Right. You don't want to, right. uh, You don't want to be guilty of the same thing that we're like talking about. Right. So it's a very fine line. Yeah. But okay. But let's, let's be honest. When you, when you're reading that, remember I said that, when you pray publicly, it reveals a lot about you. Um, And that's why it's one of the reasons why it's so scary. Um, What it's revealed about the chaplain is that um, her activist mentality is, is forming her entire worldview, including how she talks to God. Well, no way. Maybe that's, I'm not sure I see, well, now you see activism there. Right. Well, she's, uh, I don't, I don't know what her position is, but clearly she's advocating for it in a prayer. I mean, she's like, she's like calling down. She, she's assuming based on what you read that God is going to punish these people for doing the thing that she disagrees with. That's basically so what she's saying. In some ways she's acting as the judge, not right. necessarily God. Right. Well, she's assuming and- that she's assuming that she and God are on the same side. Right. She doesn't, she, she should include herself asking for forgiveness as well. Exactly. And it just seems like, you know, taking a larger view of what's happening in that chamber is that there are a lot of people who have very different ideas about things. There are people. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Should I say it again? Put it in bold face or italic. But they come from, from totally different cultures of a gigantic country. And so what are we praying for? We're praying that there'd be wisdom we praying that there would be self-discipline humility um humility and we could pray all the fruits of the spirit would be evident um in that chamber but just deciding that 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 a certain sector of people whatever sector it is i don't care i don't i I wasn't even paying attention to who she was calling out doesn't matter it just seems like that's not the purpose of any public prayer especially in a situation like in a legislative body like that so I wonder, you know, again, like, you know, because because it's Washington, D.C., the people who are put in these positions, the pastors who are given the opportunity. I mean, what an incredible opportunity. I mean, yeah. how, how beautiful, how humbling that would be to pray for the country, to pray for the lawmakers. You put yourself above the crowd in some ways, right? You've sullied an opportunity to be a witness 
and to be a peacemaker. Instead, you've become divisive. And the last thing you need in the Capitol is more divisiveness. And you run the risk of speaking things that are not right about God. And that's a very, like, uh, it's a terrifying spot to put yourself in. Any of us, not just her, any of us. I don't know. I mean, again, I don't want to, cause I'm not there. It's not my job. Right. I don't want to criticize, you know, the pastor because then that just adds more fuel to the fire. It's just a particular point we're making here about the difficulty and the delicacy of praying for a wide group of people right. in a secular environment. Right. right. And, and how about the difficulty of trying to navigate in a super polarized environment? That's, that's your job. That could be your home. That could be your community, whatever it is. It's so hyper-polarized that, you know, we have to be careful that our prayers are not just an extension of our political viewpoint. I mean, please tell me our relationship with God is bigger than what we see as our party platform. <laughs> yeah, let's hope so. I mean, we need God more than ever. I mean, holy smokes. All right. Well, it's just a little insight into prayer and uh, how we think about how we actually do pray, uh, whether it's in private or whether we're called to do so in public. So anyway, let's take a quick break. We're excited because uh, back on our airwaves in just a few minutes is Tim Keller and uh, his wife, Kathy Keller. They've joined us multiple times over the years. Tim is going to give us an update of life during the pandemic, especially as they live in Manhattan. And of of course, uh, Tim's prognosis as he works through his um, pancreatic cancer. That's straight ahead. The Ride Home with Johnny Cathy, Pittsburgh's Christian Talk here on Word FM. This week on Insight for Living from Chuck Swindoll, a message on cultivating personal integrity. Truth is the most powerful thing on the planet. When we live in it, we have no skeletons, we have no fears, we sleep well. No elaborate verbiage needed, just tell the truth. Hear Chuck Swindoll bring relevant wisdom from Jesus' Sermon on the Mount this week on Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. Mortgage commercials are rarely exciting. So to make it slightly more interesting, here are my nieces to do it for me. So interest rates continue to drop like my sister's baby teeth. Come on, Uncle Ryan had to say the same thing last year. That's true. Last year, it was rates are boring talk historically low. And now this year, there's somehow even more boring talk historically lower than the previous boring talk historically low. Sounds boring. But for so many listeners who just haven't wanted to deal with it, refinancing right now could save you massive amounts of Lego sets. Rates have gotten that low. Some borrowers could potentially save hundreds monthly and tens and tens of thousands over the life of a loan. And if you didn't put 20% down before, some could even stop having to pay PMI. Give Uncle Ryan a shot. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. The following is a true story. I had a lady that was in her mid-70s, and I'd sold her timeshare, and that was the lowest I'd ever felt in my life. I knew then that I had to do something to simply not to go to hell for selling timeshare. Chuck McDowell founded Wesley Financial Group to help folks cancel their timeshares permanently. I called her and everybody that I'd sold timeshare to, and I said, this is what 
what I said to you that was a lie, and this is what you need to do to cancel your timeshare. From that point, people started referring friends to me to help them cancel a timeshare, and that's how it all started. I fought the world's largest timeshare company in federal court. If I had lost that lawsuit, there would be no one helping people that have been lied to when they bought timeshare. If we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare or we'll give your money back. That's what makes us different. Call Wesley Financial Group now for a free information kit. 800-707-8989. That's 800-707-8989. 800-707-8989. Receive a $5 rebate by trading up any non-contact thermometer toward an Exergen temporal scanner purchased at any retailer. With COVID continuing to spread, nothing matters more than having an accurate thermometer that's backed by more than 80 published peer-reviewed clinical studies like the Exergen temporal scanner. Even after getting the COVID vaccine, you should be monitoring for fever to make sure you are protected. Keep your family and yourself safe by trading up your non-contact thermometer for an accurate temporal scanner and a $5 rebate from Exergen, where accuracy matters. Details at Exergen.com. Two pastors have had as much of an influence over evangelical Christians, over Christians in general, here in the United States and around the world over the past four decades. Tim and Kathy Keller are with us. The Kellers are founding pastors of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in Manhattan, which was started in 1989 with uh, Kathy and Tim together and their three young sons. For 28 years, they led a diverse congregation of young professionals that grew to a weekly attendance of over 5,000 worshipers. Tim's got a brand new book out called Hope in Times of Fear, The Resurrection and the Meaning of Easter. Kathy, Tim, welcome back. How are you guys doing? Thanks for having Great us. Great to be it's with nice. you. Thank you. Yeah, nice to have you guys back. So I think last time we talked, it was around Christmas. And I know you guys were bummed out because your you know family holiday celebration was going to be different. Like all of ours was different, right? Like nobody there. <laughs> right. But I heard, I heard a rumor that you guys have had COVID vaccines. Is this true? We have. We are very thrilled about that. Um, took some doing. We had to have a, our son, who's very tech-wise, help us. But mm-hmm. uh, we did get them, and we're thrilled about that and um, thrilled that we were able to be with our family. We had them together, the New York version, parts of our family, um, just this last weekend for dinner for the first time. We did see people at, at uh, Christmas, I have to admit. We rented a tent. And you were outside. Outdoor, I remember that, yeah. And those outdoor propane heaters is yeah. how we saw people. But this is the first time we had everybody around the dining room table in a very long <laughs> You have time. to really want to see somebody to do the tent and propane. I have to say that. <laughs> well, we Kathy's did. idea. Yeah, okay. Kathy's That's idea. a good idea. So, there's guys, a little bit of a, uh, I mean, Tim, maybe you should speak to this. There's a little bit of an anxiety in telling people how thrilled we are that we got vaccinated because there's a thing out there. What's it called, Tim? A vaccine, vaccine shaming, shaming or something? Yeah, oh, people yeah. Are, are, make, they say you shouldn't talk about it. You make people Come feel on. bad. Oh, for heaven's sake. I mean, everyone's well, so well, We're not trying to do that. Of course, of course not. not. No, I mean. I mean, if anyone's going to get a vaccine, first of all, you know, you guys are you're close to 70 if you're not 70 years of age. And Timmy, you've got cancer. So uh, there's no shaming involved. I think we'll here. let you slide. What the heck? Yeah. No, well, we're both I'm... 70. We're both 70. And also I had uh, my, my, yes, my hospital, you know, the cancer folks there tried to, you know, they, they, they helped me get a, a, a position. And Kathy's over 70 and she's, uh, you know, taking care of me. So it was no, no problem. And. Actually, we did pretty well here. We both went to very different places twice, and 
in both cases, we didn't have super long waits, but we had some kind of wait. So it, it was great. Terrific. All right, okay, so, so, we're, then, so we're expecting soon to see you guys in studio with us. How about that? Oh, well, I haven't been back to Pittsburgh in a long time. I would love see? to go back. Oh, We'd come, have back really nice come back here. That's good. Yeah, so then so then, what's it like? You're kind of like a, lot, like a lot of people. All of a sudden, you're released from jail. I mean, have you been mm-hmm. out walking around the city? Have you been in the grocery stores? Would you even go to the theater? I mean, a movie theater because Broadway's still dark. But do you feel the need and the want to go out and be part of public life again? I think we're still feeling pretty cautious. I mean, there's a lot of variants out there. Um, one of our friends is Francis Collins, and he says, um, you know, wait before you go crazy on going everywhere, doing everything. And um, our, our kids, you know, a couple of them are medical professionals, and they're they're feeling they're as though we too. should be cautious as well. But, yeah, don't but you it'll, I, it'll happen in stages because I, I, as it warms right. up. Right. As it warms up, we're going to feel the warmer we're gonna weather feel will urge. make it much easier. It, sure. um, I, I saw something on television the other night. It was a character talking about the new normal makes everything that we used to do feel wrong, like go to a restaurant or, or you know, just be with friends or give someone a hug. You feel a certain degree of apprehension. I think we're going to have to, you know, get over that feeling of danger, danger. But I'm sure we will in time. All right. So speaking of time, Tim, it's been uh, just over a year since you were diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. You've written a a really beautiful um, feeling grounding uh, piece in the Atlantic um, called growing my faith in the face of death. And I know tons of people around the country and perhaps around the world have benefited from your thoughts on it. So um, let's break down a little bit of it so you can kind of give us a window into your journey. Um, So you found out that you had cancer. Now you've been a pastor for a long time. You've been with tons of people who were near death. I'm sure you were with people who were dying Um, Mm -hmm. different though, when it's you. Yes, I think, and I think that's true of almost anything. But this is uh, the point. The point of the article was to say that I'd been, in a sense, giving people medicine who were dying or were, uh, you know, to the loved ones who were bereaved. Metaphorical, as a minister. metaphorical medicine. Yeah, in other words, and the medicine was. I, I'm getting there, dear. And the medicine was, you know, I'm the Christian editor. truth. Christian I'm truth the about, editor, dear. I'm the editor. Yes, Go on. I know, Continue. but you need to wait to the end of the paragraph before you edit it. So, <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, Christian truth about the resurrection, about heaven, about God's love, about going to, you know, seeing God. And then the question is now when you are being told you, you, you've got cancer, you might die earlier than you really want to because you actually still feel quite good and all that. Um, how can you take your own medicine? So that's really what the article was about, and the answer was, with a you know there was a uh, there's you definitely have to in a sense reacquire your faith. It doesn't mean you lose it. I would never mean that, but you have to say, okay, I haven't ever had to use my faith in this kind of situation, and there is always a change. It's the sort of thing. It's a little bit like a little bit like a child who becomes a Christian. Uh, they're really Christians, but then when they become teenagers, they have to kind of start to use their faith on a whole new set of issues that they never had to use it on before. In other words, their faith has to grow with them. And I would say this is practically the last stage. My faith has to grow big enough and strong enough in my own heart. God's got to be real enough in my heart that I can face death 
whether it comes tomorrow or fairly certainly it's going to be sooner than I want. I th- don't you think that's true, though, of every every person at every stage in life? Because no matter what age or stage you are, whenever you become a Christian, the next, I mean, say you're a 20-something, and then you get married and have kids. Oh, my goodness, well, that's a whole new, um, you know, situation. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. you you have, you know more about yourself, you know, your tendency to worry or be angry or whatever, and you know more about God. And so the more that you know about yourself, it, you have to give to the more that you know about God. And that just continues right up to the end, you know, when when you're facing the last chapter of your life. It's not getting converted again. You only really get converted once, but it almost feels like another conversion because you feel like I've never faced this before and I have I have to say thy will be done and yield myself to God all over again in this new circumstance, whether that's, you know, I just discovered boys or I just discovered coffins. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's yeah. um every stage of life demands that you trust God in a newer way. But there, there is something that uh, is very sobering about the, the discovery of coffins, is there not? I mean, and, and Tim, you know, you've been so public about your cancer diagnosis and the journey along. I think for a lot of people who are, who are suffering along with you and for future people who are going to, you know, go through what you're going through, you've done a great service to people. You've really helped people along by being so transparent. So, you know, it's, it's kind of ironic in some ways that you get the cancer diagnosis and you're writing, you know, there's your new book, Hope in Times of Fear. Yeah. The resurrection and the meaning of Easter, those two things are going hand in hand. So then what was that like for you, getting a a diagnosis of pancreatic cancer and also writing about death and resurrection at the same time in that season of your life? Well, there was it was it was really good. It was great because not not easy, but very providential. Well, yes, and like this in the in the article, the Atlantic article, I say there's head work and there's heart work. Mm-hmm. I had to go back and make sure did I really believe in the resurrection? Because see, if Jesus Christ really historically physically rose from the dead, then everything's going to be okay. You realize that everything's going to be okay for me, for you, everybody. Everything's going to be okay. On the other hand, do I believe that? So that's the head work. The heart work is just spending twice as much time on pr- in prayer. Just making sure that I have the re- God's spiritual reality on my heart. I need to not just believe he loves me. I have to sense his love. Now, the book helped on the head part because it forced me to, to re-look at all the evidence for the resurrection, and it helped a great deal. Mm-hmm. The book did not help on the heart part so much because basically that's a matter of just putting aside more time every day to see God's face and ask the Holy Spirit to make him real to your heart. And so together they worked very well, the book and the, uh, the prayer. Okay, so, but at the same time, then, Kath, as you know, you and Tim just had a little conversation, you're the editor. So Tim is writing and producing, and then you're reading his thoughts after the fact. What kind of effect did that have on you? Um, I think we've been in the same groove um, in many ways, and then in a very different place in other ways. Um, I had my own spiritual heart work to do. I've... I've left it very late. There, you're supposed to number your days and get a heart of wisdom. And every time I would read those verses, I'd say, yeah, yeah, but you know, I have a lot of time to get my, my heart ready to yes, be in yes. God's presence and be done. There's, there's plenty of time left that I can sort of up my spiritual game. Well, guess what? There's not. Here I am. I'm 70, and 
Um, either Tim's going to die before I am or I'm going to die before he is, but um, the end of the tunnel is coming up and being um, close to God and wanting him and to be in his presence more than I want what John Newton calls the things of time is not something that I had actually spent any time working on. And suddenly I'm pitched into the now's the time. You know, I, I don't get to say, well, maybe next Thursday or maybe next Thursday, two years from now, I'll think about that. Like Scarlett O'Hara, you know, tomorrow's another day. I'll think about that. Um, it, it's forced me to think about my relationship to God or lack thereof in a way that Tim was facing his own personal um, relationship with God. So those were very different issues for us. But at the same time, we had, you know, we spent plenty of time just holding on to one another and crying and saying, you know, gee, we didn't expect this and this isn't what we want, but Lord, we want what you want because we know that no matter what we feel about it, your will is always good. It's always a good will. You always want good for us. So um, in some ways, our, our journeys have been similar, other ways very different. We're talking to Tim and Kathy Keller. Tim has written a really terrific piece for The Atlantic called Growing My Faith in the Face of Death, also his newest book, Hope in the Times of Fear, The Resurrection and the Meaning of Easter. We're going to take a break. When we come back, Tim, I want to get into some of the ideas that you brought up about, I don't know, finding a way to love this world less and realizing that it's enlarging your heart for another world. So we'll talk about that next. We're with the Kellers, the Thursday edition of The Ride Home. Tim, can you hear me? Or just a Don't let pests scare away your business. Get the help you need at boozebugstoppers.com. When cold drives pests and rodents inside, Boo and his Bug Stoppers team has your business covered. Get a free quote on your pest control and sanitation plan for the upcoming year with no long-term contracts and a 100% satisfaction guarantee to treat your problem until it's gone. When it comes to solving your pest problem, who are you going to call? Booze Bug Stoppers at boozebugstoppers.com. We are limiting the number of people in the office. It's patients and staff members only. At Stock Family Dentistry, exceptional dentistry begins with safety. We look a little different. We have more gear on, hand sanitizing stations throughout the office, frequently disinfecting all common areas. We're even using a UV light. All of these precautions are put into place for our patient's safety and our team members' safety. On Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Your business is ready for a reboot, a recharge. The way our companies operate has changed. The changes haven't been easy, but there's help. The marketing team at Salem Surround gives you the tools needed to stand out and be visible to current and potential customers online right now looking for what you do. We can design a plan that targets potential customers with proven marketing strategies. Learn more at surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com. Connecting you with new customers. The following is a real-life story from Trinity Debt Management. It's probably been about 10 years ago. I had quite a few credit cards, and it was just getting to be too much, so I called Trinity. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5348. They met with me, and they were able to get all of my credit cards in one lower payment. Now we're doing a lot better. If your debt has you down, call Trinity at 1-800-936-5348. Are you hiding an addiction problem? You don't know where to go or who to talk to? We understand. 
call Narconon for a free and confidential consultation. You don't have to go it alone. Call Narconon, 877-413-3073. That's 877-413-3073. Or drugsnow.com. This is Tim Seckler inviting you to tune in each and every Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show, sponsored by my law firm, the Seckler Law Firm. Each week, we'll talk about your family's well-being as it relates to elder law, nursing home stays, estate planning, and keeping your hard-earned savings. And if you missed the Life and Legacy Show, you will find it archived at secklerlawfirm.com. See you Saturday morning at 9 a.m. right here on Word FM 101.5 for the Life and Legacy Show. Ask Alexa to play the word Pittsburgh to hear us there. We're on your Google speaker, too. Plus, iHeart, TuneIn, and on Radio.com. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh. Tonight will be breezy with occasional rain. Expect a low tonight of 42. Tomorrow, clouds breaking for some sunshine. It will be mild, breezy in the afternoon, a high 59. Tomorrow night, patchy clouds with a low of 22. Saturday, sunshine and a few clouds. Saturday will reach a high of 47. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. Pastors, authors, friends, Tim and Kathy Keller are with us, founders of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in Manhattan. Tim has a brand new book out called Hope in Times of Fear, the Resurrection and the Meaning of Easter. Uh, Tim, in the article that you wrote for The Atlantic, um, you were talking about the, the, the love that we have for things of this world and how the more that we try to grasp onto them, the more we find that they just, we can't, they just fall through our fingers and they don't, they don't even satisfy as much as we think that they might. And as an example of that, you talked about you and Kathy on vacation. Um, Mm -hmm. Can you tell our listeners about that, how you both approached vacation and kind of in thinking about it, what that revealed about the two of you? Yeah, um, and this is one. It's a good example, I think. But there's there's a million of them. Basically, Kathy, um, because I worked so much and because work was so so um, exhausting and draining, uh, she lived for our getaway times. Just lived for them. When uh, it, you know, it, at the beach or uh, or you know, near, in the mountains or those places. And we had places we went every year, and we we had a pretty good number of weeks, especially as I got older, I was able to get more time. And she lived for them, but so much so that that as soon as she got there, she knew, oh my goodness, in two weeks we're going to be gone. Mm-hmm. And 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 wasn't ever able to completely enjoy it because she was looking to it to basically make everything okay in our lives. I tend to do the same thing with work. I tended to say, if I could just get this one thing done, if I could get this project done, this thing done this book written, boy, then I'll finally be on top. I'll really feel like I've arrived and done everything that God wants me to do. And of course, that's actually a kind of idolatry as well. And you're looking to something in this world to sort of make everything okay, and nothing will. So when you look at it like that, I didn't enjoy my vacations because I was spending all my time thinking about what I was going to do when I got home. Kathy didn't enjoy them because she was she knew that they'd be over soon. And we realized now, once the, once the, the, the cancer thing came in, we may never go to those places again, by the way, or we, you know, at least not much. Or we're hoping never. we're hoping to go to the beach this we're, summer, we're but it won't to go to be the, the same. <laughs> but right. and also, I've certainly died to all kinds of ideas on projects and things, 
And surprisingly, we're realizing we're just actually enjoying every day more. We're enjoying just the way things look, mm-hmm. just the way things. I, I, I just love the, the joys of my day are much more satisfying than they used to be. And Kathy's the Puritans, the, uh, the Puritans had a word for it. They called it being weaned from the world. And any mother who has weaned a child who was nursing knows that the child doesn't want to be weaned. And you cannot say, honey, honey, there's pizza, there's chocolate, there's, you know, there's hamburgers. You just, you, you just have no clue what you can, you know, what you can branch out into if we finish with this part of your life. Right. I think we, being weaned from the world is the same way. I love yeah. my stuff. I love my house. I like the way my bedroom is and my furniture. It's old. It's shabby, but it's, you know, it's what I want. And yet I'm, I'm, I need to be weaned away from it and, and think of the glories and the, the joy of heaven. Um, Tim's, the first person that Tim ever did a funeral for in Hopewell was named Alice Longman. Do you want to tell this story, Tim, or you want me you to mean, tell it? It's Alice Lockton. Alice Longman Lockton. is Trevor's oh, I'm so sorry. wife. Yes, Alice Longman is <laughs> Trevor's wife. Sorry, Alice. Um, <laughs> Alice Lockton. Well, Trevor joins us. Was in the, we just talked to Trevor a couple home. days ago. She was in the nursing home. She was blind. All of her children had died. Her husband had died. All of her friends had died. She couldn't watch TV. She couldn't read. She couldn't garden. None of the things that ever gave her happiness were open to her anymore. And she said, I'm just so grateful to God because when I get to heaven, he's the only thing I'm going to have, and he's getting me ready for that. And Tim came home from visiting her and just went, I can't believe it. So when she finally did go home to be with the Lord, it was like the most joyful funeral I think we've ever seen. It was, I mean, we knew, I don't know how many other people knew, but she was just so happy to be going home because God had gotten her ready by weaning her. So then Tim and Kathy, then are you just answering like, you know, the people say, well, what is the secret of life? So then are you saying essentially that, you know, in the midst of, all those years of ministry, and then here's Tim's cancer prognosis, that you're saying that the secret of life is just enjoying the passage of time. Well, the, yeah, the, the, the ultimate secret, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. And That's then, what Carl Barth said when someone asked him well, the most profound thing he ever I mean, heard. Well, it was, it was actually a song before he said it there. I think. Yes, I know, I know. <laughs> and he, he, he was really saying the most profound thing in life is, Jesus loves me, this I know. But you don't know that unless the Bible tells you so. Once you get that, then it's enjoying the passage of time. Because every day is taking one step closer to the real glory and joy you've been looking for anyway. And everything, we're, everything here is a gift of grace. And so, yes, it, 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 yeah, with a, with a qualifier, too, I'm saying yes to you, yes. I think the, the other thing I would add would be you hold things lightly. I mean, if eternity is in your view, C.S. Lewis said that we're like children playing in a mud puddle and refusing to get ready to go to a holiday at the sea because we can't visualize anything more fun than what we're already doing. And mm-hmm. I think that's true of the human race is we're, we're busy with our busyness and we can't visualize the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And I'll, I'll put myself in that category, unless you're forced. That's God's mercy. I mean, God has the most wonderful judo move, move, moves that he has done on our behalf. Death is supposed to be a curse. It is a curse. But he's mm-hmm. flipped it so that it forces us 
to think about the eternal things that we would just put off, put off, put off until it was too late. So he, he turns even the curse of death into something that forces us to come to him, like the bit and the bridle on the horse in Psalm 34. So then here we are, you know, we've been forced into this pause for a lot of people, right? I mean, COVID's done that. It's pause life. And ironically, Tim, you know, you've got a cancer diagnosis in the middle of the pause. So as we slowly start to open up and you yourself continue on with your, you know, your medication and your treatments, what does the near future look like? And are you even willing to ascribe, you know, a future look at the far future for yourself? Well, um, we we certainly uh, have had a, had a lot of good news. Kathy and I like to say, uh, a year ago, the prayer was, "Don't let it be cancer," and the answer was turned down. In other words, we did not get that answer. Ever since then, pretty much everything we've asked: let this scan be better than the last scan; let the cancer keep shrinking. It's almost like everything we prayed for, we've gotten. Really? Um, and obviously, it's clearly because well, God, that's because you know, there's a lot of other people praying. It's not there's a lot of people praying, and we have good warriors. doctors. So we they are not talking about uh, most pancreatic cancer patients die within a year. You know, within a you know a year to maybe eighteen months of uh, diagnosis, and even our more how do I say it? Even our more your kind of glasses have empty doctors, which we have some, which is good. They always have to make sure you stay in touch with reality. Uh, none of them are saying that it's going to happen to me. So I do have more time because actually it's just gone pretty well so far. But, we, but we're not out of touch with reality. Pancreatic cancer is likely to never be something that can be totally eradicated. And uh, so it's still going to be probably a shorter than it should be. But Kathy and I keep saying when you get to 70, you really shouldn't be, you really should be realistic. The time is short. And it could be that I'm going to have two or three years or three or four or four or five, I don't know. Um, the most important thing is I'm a lot more focused in doing what I'm doing. I, I can't work as much because of the treatments, and therefore I have to be more focused, and I'm excited about the things I'm focused on, actually. Okay. So that's the, that's the near term for us, um, and uh, yet we're ready anytime. The more we wean our hearts from the world, the easier it's getting to say, Lord, whatever you, thou knowest, whatever, whatever your will is, is good and perfect. Right. And in the interim, of course, I'm sure your family's closed ranks and your, your children and your grandchildren are always within arm's reach, probably. Yeah, more so than ever. I mean, obviously, this sort of thing says we've got to spend time together. And that means phone calls and, and you know, FaceTime and Zoom calls and more visits. And that's that's part of what I should be doing anyway. You know, yeah. when you're in your 70s, the time is short and you have your grandchildren and the youngest ones you're likely not to see grow into adulthood. And so you really do need to pour as much of you in. Uh, grandparents can do certain things that nobody else can do. And I think we have to make sure we do them as long as we're here. Mm, that's good. Well, I can't tell you how much we appreciate you being here, how much we've enjoyed getting to know you guys over the last couple of years. It's been a ton of fun. And yeah. um, we and look at you as we, yeah, we look at you as friends and Tim and Kathy, we pray for you both in different ways. We know that the Holy Spirit knows exactly how each of you struggle um, in the areas that you're strong, in the areas that you're weak. Yeah. And so we're just grateful for you sharing some of that with us and our listening family. And come to Pittsburgh. Oh, thank you so, so much, really and truly. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I, we are so grateful for the prayers of people. We know that that's been the thing that's been holding us up. So Excellent. Hmm. 
Well, well, listen, after the, after John and I get a vaccine, you know, you could come to Pittsburgh and we could take you to, you know, all the familiar places. Catherine. Go to Washington, look at the view. Can't, can't we can promise show, we it, can but sh- I do know, I tell you this, I'm not a Pittsburgher, you know, I'm from the Philadelphia area, but I at least Yeah, I know, we're trying to forget it. At least we're, uh, I'm from Pennsylvania, for goodness sakes. Okay, and, whatever. <laughs> it is the same state, but uh, there is something about Pittsburgh that's very decent and optimistic, decent okay. down-to-earth people, very optimistic about life. And uh, we'd love to reconnect, but I'm not sure. We'll see. Okay, we'll leave it at that. We'll see. Love you guys. Seriously. Yeah. We're praying for you daily and our audience as well. So stay strong and uh, cling Thanks to the Lord. Thanks. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tim and Kathy Keller, Tim's brand new book, Hope in Times of Fear, the Resurrection and the Meaning of Easter. W-O-R-D, Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music on the weekends. With the best new music. New New music. Jesus Happened, new music from Baylor Wilson. Micah Tyler, new today. And Hold On To Me from Lauren Daigle. Hold on to me. The best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Brought to you by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 Word FM on the weekend. Some home repairs simply can't wait for spring, especially a leaky roof or drafty old windows. You can count on Windows R Us, the area's premier exterior replacement company. With over 50 years' experience in the home remodeling industry, Windows R Us offers repair and replacement for roofs, windows, gutters and downspouts, siding, entry doors, even decks. A leaky roof left unfixed can lead to mold and mildew. Don't put it off. Right now, Windows R Us offers 12 months no interest financing and no processing fee through Dollar Bank. Get new factory direct replacement windows for your home or office. Choose from 100% vinyl, commercial aluminum, wood, or composite. To show their appreciation to word listeners, you'll also get 10% off your total project when you mention this station. Get 12 months, no interest, no processing fee, and 10% off, backed by the best warranty in the industry. Schedule your free estimate and inspection today at WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. That's WindowsRUsPittsburgh.com. I struggled with symptoms like frequent gas and stomach pain for years. I was bloated all the time with daily diarrhea. At first, I thought it was what I was eating. I kept thinking it was stomach issues. So I did my research and talked to my doctor, and we finally uncovered the truth. It was actually EPI. Exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, or EPI, is a condition where your pancreas is unable to help break down your food. It can lead to symptoms like diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, unexplained weight loss, and oily stools. And EPI symptoms can be confused with those of other common digestive conditions, like irritable bowel syndrome, Crohn's, and celiac disease. So getting to the right diagnosis meant being more open with my doctor about the severity of my symptoms and how often they were happening. But there's good news. EPI is manageable, so don't wait any longer. Use the symptom checker at identifyepi.com and schedule a visit or call with your doctor to ask, Could Could I I have have EPI? EPI? Sponsored by AbbVie. What if there was one place, one app, one website where you could find all the great Christian radio stations and programs in America, all in one place? Finally, ChristianRadio.com exists. Find 101.5 WORD there and many others and the ministries you trust and love. The highest standards are met here. Family-friendly, inspiring, with a Christian worldview. It's all here on your computer and on your mobile device. Find us now at ChristianRadio.com. 
If you're a college basketball fan, the NCAA Tournament March Madness is your favorite time of the year. Game-winning buzzer-beating shots, Cinderella programs, knocking of dynasty programs. March Madness is known for drama and inspiration. In recent years, one of the little-known inspiring March Madness stories was the rise of UConn's basketball program under Hall of Fame coach Jim Calhoun. Born to Lead is the newest film on Salem Now, showcasing Jim Calhoun's and UConn's story. From losing his father at a young age, instantaneously becoming the man of his family as a teenager, to his rise through the coaching ranks and eventually leading UConn to three NCAA championships. Born to Lead features interviews with Mike Krzyzewski, Jim Beheim, former UConn and NBA superstars Richard Hamilton and Ray Allen. Get ready for March Madness by watching Born to Lead, now available at SalemNow.com. That's Born to Lead at SalemNow.com. Use promo code Pittsburgh for additional savings. The large grocery store, John. Now, there are little markets. You know, they've got a little bit of a few things, right? And then we have these gargantuan, like, super-duper football field with grocery stores that have 600 kinds of cereal and, you know... 14 different brands of Worcestershire sauce. Yeah. My question is, do large grocery stores make sense? Well, again, this is, you know, there's no one size fits all here. To be honest, when I go into one of those gigantic grocery stores, mm-hmm. I get anxious and I get excited. Oh, do you? Yeah. Because okay. look, when you go by like... you want to see stuff. When you go by the meat counter or the yeah. fish counter, you go... Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! What look at creation? Look at the the flourishing, the variety, the beauty. I want that. I want that, but it's too much to bear. Yeah, the choices are so intense. I just kind of like fewer choices. Yeah. So I would say, just in a practical way, it doesn't make sense. We are agreeing a lot lately. Really, John, I can't do it. Hmm. I can't do it. This is what happens to me. So I get anxious also. And this is what I get anxious about. Talk about something that is useless to be anxious about. But I go up to the meat counter and I think, no one's going to buy all that meat. What's going to happen to that meat? Yeah, it's all going to go back. What's going to happen to that fish? Are we just going to throw that away? I agree. What are we doing? Like, what's going to happen? Like, look at all the milk. Are people going to eat that many hell of a good French onion dips? Yeah, they will. Are we going to have to throw the fish that never be thrown away? It's just, I can't. I, I am committed to the small market. Yeah, I agree. There's a lot to be said for that. It's kind of funny. Um, well, that's a whole other story. I'll tell you that a different one. Okay, anyway. So, are you saying that large supermarkets don't make sense? Nope. Okay. Okay. Here it is, mid-March, right? Early to mid-March. I walked past my lawnmower the other day. Uh-oh. And I thought, old friend of mine, pretty soon will be sharpening those blades, changing the oil. But then I thought, well, do I really want to go out there and cut the grass? I mean, I'm a slave to cutting the grass, especially early on in the season. You're out there once a week or whatever. My neighbor Mike's out there like every two days. Why don't I just let it go? Can I just have like all natural, let the grass grow and forget about it? Does a lawnmower really make sense? Yes. We need that? 
Yes, you do, John, because otherwise you're going to look like a bunch of vagrants are like camping in your house. <laughs> See, that's the problem. So, wait, I'm cutting the grass then for my neighbors? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I guess you're right. Lawn makers, lawn mowers. <laughs> Whatever. Lawn makers. Matt, lawn... Well, the runaway to rescue great disposition. About nine years ago, he was scratching a lot and he started losing some hair. My vet, she says, oh, he must be allergic to the chicken. Another vet said, it's the grain. Third vet, she said, it's the weather. Something in the air. And then somebody said, D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. I have been listening to these Dynavite ads, hearing about different stories of different people, and it just clicked. I got my first 90-day supply, and it took a grand total of two weeks. And the dog stopped itching, the hair stopped falling out. Dynavite is nutrition. And Maxwell loved it. Now he's close to 10. And the Dynavite is a big part of Maxwell's diet. Dynavite for life. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. And he's a spectacular dog. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E.com. Robinson Township Christian School celebrates a 40-year legacy of producing college-bound, lifelong learners whose lives are marked by wisdom, knowledge, and a compassion for others. At the airport area's only K-12 classical Christian school, students grow to love learning think deeply and communicate effectively from a biblical foundation robinson township christian school now enrolling preschool through 12th grade at rtcsonline.org we've all been thinking a lot lately about the air we breathe QDOT has been thinking about it for over 100 years, providing big HVAC solutions for the commercial industry, including healthcare, where air quality is paramount. Does your home deserve any less? For affordable solutions, including their new bipolar ionizer, which may eliminate up to 99.4% of airborne viruses, including SARS-CoV-2, breathe easier with QDOT. Call 412-366-6200 or visit q-dot.com. Shalom. Messianic Jewish congregations in Pittsburgh are inviting you to join our celebration of God's New Year, Exodus 12 says the month of Passover is the beginning of God's prophetic year. Join us for a night of Messianic Jewish worship and liturgy on Saturday, March 13th at 6 p.m. at Sharesh David Messianic Congregation in Monroeville. Jewish or Gentile, you don't want to miss this special appointment on God's calendar. More information at rockofagesmjc.org. That's rockofagesmjc.org. Today's forecast calls for clear skies, slight winds coming out of the Northeast, and customized car insurance from Liberty Mutual, so you only pay for what you need. Liberty, 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 Liberty. Choose fresh, local Pennsylvania milk. It's naturally packed with nine essential nutrients, just what you need to power through the day and fuel your body and mind. Milk also builds stronger communities, providing jobs and pumping billions of dollars into Pennsylvania's economy every year. And it all starts with you. Choose PA Dairy, goodness that matters to your family and our communities. Look for labels with PA Preferred or Code 42. Find stores at ChoosePADairy.com. Paid for by the Center for Dairy Excellence. Your local volunteer fire department desperately needs you. Can you direct traffic? Install a smoke alarm, help at fundraisers, then your community could use your help. You don't have to fight fire to be a volunteer. Visit volunteerfirefighteralliance.org. Well, there have been weeks 
weeks, even months of uh, turmoil and decision-making at Ravi Zacharias International Ministries after an independent investigation revealed scores, scores of uh, sexual abuse allegations against its founder, Ravi Zacharias. And so news comes today that uh, RZIM, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, and I'm reading here from World Magazine, will essentially dissolve in its present form. CEO Sarah Davis, who is a daughter of Ravi Zacharias, told employees yesterday um, that RZIM cannot, indeed should not, continue to operate as an organization in its present form, nor do we believe we can merely rename it and move forward with business as usual. Um, so the organization, or the organization has seen a decline in, you know, donors, as you can imagine. Um, and they have had to put so much money and attention into investigating the allegations that sadly have been substantiated, um, that there's just no way of, of, you know, really looking at, at any place in the future for RZIM. So it's very sad. Layoffs are going to uh, begin this week. Apparently um, the organization with whatever funds they have left left are going to transition to becoming a grant making organization um, that will be complete in four to six months. And then there'll be some leadership changes. And then I guess that will be the end. Wow. <clears throat> it's the only right thing. To, it's the only right thing to do, John. Yes, I know it is. Right. It's really, yeah. really tragic. But to think where there was once great Christian evangelism and thought and joy and hope uh, is now just been cratered out. That's uh, just shocking. Yep. It really is. Well, you're right. It's the only, only decision that really made sense because all validity has gone. Right. Um, sure. Well, let's turn to some, uh, maybe if not happier news, some strange news. Okay, I'm ready. Now, my two sons are involved in this in some, well, my one son. Anyway, uh, after more than a flurry of 180 bids in the final hour, a JPEG file, a JPEG file. Now, we're familiar with those. Made by a guy. You take a picture on your phone. That's a JPEG. Made by a guy by the name of Mike Winkleman, who is a digital artist known as Beeple was sold today, this JPEG file, was sold today by the auction house Christie's in an online auction for $69 million. Now, if you haven't read anything about this and you're thinking, what, so some guy took a picture on his phone and sold it for $69 million. It's not that. It's not, it's not a photograph somebody took on, the, took on their phone. Right. It's actually a photograph of a, an important moment that took place in the sports world. It's billed by the auction house as a unique work in the history of digital art. Every day's the first 5,000 days is a collage of all the images that the artist Beeple has been posting online each day since 2007. Now the artist collaborated with Louis Vuitton pop stars like Bieber and Kate Perry uses software to create an irreverent visual commentary on 21st century life. Okay. So wait, so this is not an athletic, this is not a moment in athletic competition. No, no it's, I thought this was, I thought this was one of the NBA moments. Nope. This is essentially is one artist collaborative work over 5,000 days. So here's a body of somebody's work. Now, the weird thing is it's, you know, it's not going to hang on a wall. Right. Right. Um, it's going to be, it's not going to be framed. It's not going to, you know, it's, it's not something that you can show to somebody who comes to your house. If you hold out your hand. No, 
you have to have mixed emotions about this because, you know, beauty, of course, is in the eye of the beholder. So it's not as though it's, you know, a Leonardo or, you know, one of the greats. Right. It's not a Rembrandt. It's just images. It's just like, you know, like on your phone, you know, but this artist is somehow able to transcend that. The cachet is there of name recognition. And, you know, really to me, what it is, is a digital investment that someone's really not interested in art or beauty. Someone's interested in buying this, acquiring this, holding it in the hopes of a year or two down the line, of course, then it'll be worth something more. Okay, Which so essentially is what the art world's about now anyway. Right, I guess. It's so weird. I got to bring athletics back into it because I had just seen an article, just, I don't know, it was on in the Wall Street Journal in the last week or so, about uh, people who are buying and selling moments from the NBA. Right. You know, LeBron moments in particular. Um, and and they're, they're buying these little slices. My son then, has bought these. And then they're owning them and then right. they can buy and they can sell them. Them, and then right. they increase in price. I mean, it's hard to get your head around that. I don't know. It's a, just a strange new world we live in, isn't it? The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.